Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSEN. Happy New Year's, New Year's Eve, Michael Lombardi. It all melds together in the football season. Yeah, Lombardi of. line presented by BetMGM. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I swear my partner said, Happy New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, whatever today is. And then our producer, Elliot, says, Well, tomorrow's New Year's Eve. And I said, I had no clue. When it's the football season, you just get into this groove and you're like a you're like a robot where we just attack games. And then you come out on the other side of it. Good morning, Michael. Good afternoon. Good morning, Patrick. You know, and dead week is supposed to be dead week, but when you're in football, there's no dead week involved. No. So, you know, you, you don't have time to go and hang and, and uh, you know, enjoy the week between Christmas and, and New Year's. You just kind of keep matriculating the ball down the field and <laughs> pad keep level. doing what you do, You keep right? that pad level. Got to have pad right. level, Patrick. Yes. Got to have some pad level. I mean, you don't want to slip up on pad level, and you got to keep trying to stay healthy through this, through the long grind of the season. So here we go. Well, speaking of staying healthy, Mike Vrabel had a concerted effort last night in Tennessee. Of course, the Cowboys do cover – that's a 14-point win, closed 13 and a half, so the Cowboy backers were happy. This was, you know, a 10-0 run in the fourth quarter. They moved to 12-4. and We'll get to the ramifications in divisions. The co- In the division, the Cowboys can still win this. Let's start with the Cowboys, and then we'll get to Tennessee. You had a great write-up in the Lombardi look-ahead about what Tennessee's doing at quarterback. We'll start with the Cowboys. Your takeaways, Dak, another couple of interceptions. What stood out to me, Michael, 41 attempts. 41 mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I think a little bit of that too is is one thing about playing Tennessee is they're very good against the run. They are very. It's hard to run the football on them, and so when Zeke's averaging under two yards a, a, a carry, right? And the Davis kid, you know, the free agent from Florida. How good was Florida's backfield with Damian Pierce right. and Davis, and they couldn't get anything going with with uh, uh, with our man Dan Mullen down there? I mean, think about it. they had those two guys playing in the NFL, and they couldn't get anything going. That's another point. But to me, you know, you got to throw the ball. I didn't like the throws in the fourth quarter when your opponent's the clock that my man Kellen Moore kept calling. But besides that, are they, you know, they, they took advantage of the weakness of this defense, which is in their back end. And I thought that they 
had a good effort to get that first quarter lead like we talked about. You know, they got up 7 nothing. make Dobbs play from behind, make Tennessee play from behind, and they were able to kind of pull away from the game. But Dak did keep them close with those interceptions. Yep, he absolutely did. And as Elliot points out, Dak had two picks for the fifth time in the last eight games. And that, he's always going to be the focus because he was the focus when they gave him that big contract. I don't think they have a Dak Prescott problem. You can win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott. I think you have to start looking into the defense. So the defense had two sacks yesterday, Michael. That is uh, three sacks in the last four games. Now, they lead the NFL in takeaways. But, you know, there's a lot of variance in luck when it comes to takeaways. This defense, and Micah Parsons had one tackle last night. Yeah. I mean, I thought that to me, you know, I know we're not going to talk about Tennessee until the next block, but I thought Tennessee had some moments of moving the football, you know, and and there's not a lot of things going for right for Tennessee in terms of their offensive line, their skill players, the position at quarterback, him being there just eight days. So if I'm Dallas, I'm a little nervous. And what makes me even more nervous is I worry that Dallas doesn't always understand how to play complementary football. Like their strength isn't really their defense. Their strength is their offense. Their offense's ability to stay on the field, convert third downs, play less defense, get after it and build the lead, play from in front. Now, they didn't play from in front against Philadelphia they got down 10 nothing and they were able to come back but they can't just go into a playoff game saying we're going to get the ball turned over because if you don't turn the ball over with your defense and people move it Philly moved it the whole game they moved it and Philly and think about it you're the third and 39 away from Philly adding to the lead and you might lose that game so the margins are thin and I think Dallas has got to sit there and say we got to get healthy on defense really in the back end to help ourselves if we're going to beat a good team in the playoffs. Yeah, they're kind of living and dying by those turnovers. And if you even look, they gave up 34 to the Eagles. They gave up 40 to the Jags. And it may not seem like a big number, but they gave up 23 to the Texans. So it's like, you know, again, when you get those turnovers, you can flip the field, you can flip the momentum. And they've done that all year. They led the league in turnovers last year as well. And that's why Quinn, obviously hot in the streets as far as a head coaching candidate, one of the reasons. But again, the the sacks just haven't been there. And while they may have a Dak turnover issue right now, and again, Zeke wasn't really running for yardage yesterday, although he did score in his ninth straight game, which is wild. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I focus on the defense as we get closer and closer to the postseason. They're 11 and one, they're 11 to one uh, to win the Super Bowl. That is the sixth betting favorite. And in conference right now, the Cowboys are sitting 5-1 to one behind the Eagles and the San Francisco 49ers. Yeah, I mean, look, the last two – now, you know, Dobbs is eight days in, so don't count him. But, I mean, against Trevor Lawrence, you know, they gave up 311 yards passing. Against Phil, uh, uh, Gardner Minshew, they gave up 355. You know, the best game they've played all year defensively was the Minnesota game when they got out in front of them that's and right. they held Kirk Cousins. And that's really probably the best offense they played. I mean – you go, Detroit had, was, you know, Detroit back in week, what, seven it was. Detroit wasn't kind of where Detroit is. They were good offensively. They turned the ball over in that game. But, I mean, when you break down the quarterbacks that they've had a face and beat, it hasn't been great. And now that the last two weeks, the two quarterbacks, Minshew and Lawrence, they, they, they kind of carved them up a little bit. So, I think now as they walk into the end of the season, you know, they got the fifth seed locked up. I doubt if they're going to get the four seed. If you know, one of the things I don't think we're talking enough about in the Giant in the Eagles Saints game is the Eagles have the Saints pick. There's double motivation for Philly mm. in this game. Double motivation. Not only do they want to win the game, they want to make sure the Saints have another loss to get a higher draft pick. So it once the Eagles clinch the East, then I think that you know Dallas will take that Commanders game off next week and rest our guys to get ready for the playoffs. 
Yeah, I, I mean, you nailed it as far as the playoffs in that division. So Dallas 12-4, and four, Philly 13-2. and two. Dallas closes at Washington. Philly versus New, versus New Orleans. If they lose that game, they then take on the Giants. Now, they've split the season series, the Cowboys and Eagles. Where Dallas stands apart is in division. Dallas is 4-1. and one, Philly is 3-2. and two. Again, they would have to lose the Eagles their last two against New Orleans and the Giants, and Dallas would have to beat Washington. Not impossible, and the numbers off the board. Although we are seeing, is that bet MGM? So uh, NFC East right now, that's not the East, but uh, most most shops have this division off the board. It's not impossible, but Philly should get it done. And you mentioned the motivation with the Saints. No, I think there's high motivation in Philly. I'm That line went down to five and a half this morning. I looked, it's back up to six and a half. And that's not because they think Hertz is going to play, even though he was on the field yesterday. I think it's just that number got too low. But you know, back to Dallas, right? So the last eight games are 6-2. and two. And for all that we've just complained about, the two losses are in overtime. You know, and they right. have a chance to beat Green Bay, and they have a chance to beat Jacksonville. I, I think we're probably, you know, their defense is opportunistic. There's no doubt about that. I mean, you know, last night they create two turnovers. The week before they got four. Against Indianapolis, they got five in the second half. So they're very, optim- they're very opportunistic. However... Can this continue? I think health is going to be the key. They've got to get they shore up their secondary. Last night, Curse got hurt again, the safety. So they've got to get healthy if they're going to make a longer run. You know, playing the four seed, playing the South, I don't think it's going to be that much of a challenge. However, the next round, if they get through the South, will be. So I made a statement to start the Cowboy conversation. It'd be better for you to edify on this, and that is – is Dak good enough to win a Super Bowl? He is always going to be the focus. He is the quarterback. I said he is good enough if things go right. Where do you stand on Dak Prescott right now? I, I think he is good enough, Patrick. I, I think to me, he's. I think he's like a lot of guys in the league. He has to get managed correctly. I think they've got. They need Pollard back. I think. Yes. You know, they need to be able to run the ball and the the guard injury. I think that affects him. I don't know how bad he'll be out for. But you know, now you got Peters playing left tackle, which I don't think they want to do. I think. In the if if that guard is out for a while or the center is out for a while when they move uh, uh, Connor Williams inside, I think you're better off putting Smith back to left tackle and putting Jason Peters over at right tackle. I think they're going to have to do some configuring around here with that offensive line, assuming that that the injury is going to be a long term. So, but they've got to have Pollard. They've got to be able to run the ball. They got to control the clock. I think Dak at 40 passes isn't what we want. I think we want Dak somewhere between 30 and 34 passes and let him kind of go with that because he can get hot like he did against Philly. What was he, 24 for 24 against zone coverage against Philly? I mean, the throw he tried to make on the interception, I thought the spacing of the route was horrendous. You know, and he's trying to fit the ball in a tight window, and the sp- and he threw it behind, and so it was an easy interception for Bernard. But I-, I thought the spacing on the route distribution really was the bigger issue than it actually was. And one of the interceptions, he's had a lot of tip balls, unfortunately, too, Dak. You got the impression, just looking at Pollard, he probably could have played last night if he needed to, so he's going to be fine. He's the engine. It's interesting. You know, Zeke's been scoring, but if you really want to do everything you want to do, and you could explain it better, with this Cowboy offense, you need a healthy Pollard. No doubt, you do. They they just, to me, Pollard, like we saw with Davis last night, you know, they need the little zing and zag. I think this is what the Chargers lack a little bit, right? Like, I think Z- Eckler's more like Pollard, 
and they need kind of a Zeke in there to kind of grind it out, mm-hmm. you know, and utilize. And, and I think sometimes because Herbert's so good, they put all the, all the offense on Herbert's shoulders and they make him have to be the guy. When in reality, you know, I think ultimately they, they, they could take a little off with a better back. You know, when they had, when they had uh, Melvin Gordon back there, they were able to do a little bit of that. I think that's what hurts them. I think that's what Dal- that one-two punch with Dallas makes everything else a lot easier and should take some of the pressure off of Dak. I was laughing last night when they kept on showing McCarthy because even with Peyton looming, the conversation about McCarthy has gotten very petite, very quiet. Remember, yeah. twelve and five last year, twelve and four this year. It just kind of keeps on getting it done. We went a whole block here, though, Patrick. We went a whole yes. block. What was Al Michaels wearing in the booth? He's missing. He was missing a layer of clothing. I mean, like Al mailed it in. I mean, that was unbelievable. We were all watching the game last night, and we're like, "What is this?" <laughs> I wondered. Did- if he got into Mike McDaniel's uh, gummies because he yeah. seemed completely out of it last wow. night. And then at the end when they were forced, Herb Street and Michaels were forced to say how much fun they had during the season on the broadcast, you're like, that doesn't ring true. That doesn't feel yeah. authentic, did it? Yeah, I think he was, he might have borrowed your pullover you're wearing today. Al Michaels was yeah. casual in the booth last night. A great write-up about Tennessee and Dobbs vcin.com slash subscribe we're coming back with tennis zero foxtrot isn't just a brand it's a way of life founded and operated by veterans zero foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture zero foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past and connecting history to the present embark on a journey with zero foxtrot today at zerofoxtrot.com it's not merely our products it's about the ethos that we embody, rugged, resilient, and timeless. You ever get that feeling like the concrete jungles closing in? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to chase your own dinner, or just breathe clean air. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there waiting, and finding your piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, price, location. They've got it all. No matter what kind of wild dream you're chasing, land.com can help you find the ground to make it a reality. So quit dreaming. Head over to land.com, find your open space, and get out there. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Here's Patrick Maher. Okay, I mentioned the Lombardi look ahead. That's part of becoming a VEASAN pro, and right now we've got the holiday special. Man, the holidays don't stop here. 79 bucks through March Madness. So when you sign up right now, if you go there right now, VEASAN.com slash subscribe, immediately you're going to get 20 bucks that you can spend in the VEASAN online store. So what do subscribers get and pros get? Everything we offer. And again, this goes through March Madness. Bull betting guides, all of our guides, the betting splits, pro tools, Lombardi's look ahead. It's all there. VEASAN.com slash subscribe. A lot of people have been getting a lot of emails. We've been getting a lot of subscriptions because people are thirsty for the Thomas Gable college basketball picks. And now I've started to add Samich to the email. Mm. Yesterday, 
TG was a bucket away from going four and one on his college basketball picks. He finishes three and two. He sent me just about 10 minutes ago. He just sent me five more plays in college basketball, Michael Lombardi. So he's on top of it. You know, from hanging out at the Borgata, the players there, the the pro betters there at the Borgata, they respect his college basketball opinion. Oh yeah, they they hold they they really do. They really respect the hell out of it. They they know he does a great job, and uh, he you know he kind of lo- he loves hoops. I mean, he's a huge Georgetown fan, right? So he loves yes. college basketball. He studies it, and it's more than just the Ken Palm look. It's a lot more than that. So he's really good at it. He just said the magical words that are going to make you and I regurgitate, oh. and that is Ken Palm. Ken Palm. Ken Palm. Uh, <laughs> okay. I thought Joshua Dobbs was decent, and I thought your write-up was perfect as to what is next. Now, Vrabel was coy after the game, and you should be, because there's a little bit of different preparation if you're the Jags preparing for Malik Willis or Josh Dobbs. Let's start with Dobbs. 20 of 39 in his first career start, 232, a touchdown and a pick. But there was some presence, and as you said, a funny line, and you, you said he can complete a pass. That's very important yeah. in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, that it was obvious from the first play that he actually could process and complete a pass. I mean, he actually gave him some hope. He didn't get – I mean, Robert Woods had, they had a couple drops in the game. Uh, and, and you know, that offensive line isn't very good either now. Let's be clear here. So, you know, I thought for, for what he was eight days into his job – I thought he did a really good job. I thought I thought they'll this will they can build on it, right? They can go into Jacksonville and say, okay, we're gonna have Henry back, we're gonna run this. I would I would even use Willis as a running back, kind of the single yeah. wing. I would use them both to make Jacksonville have to defend run or pass, right? Like if I hand it off to I Willis, agree. he could still throw it, maybe not so well, but at least we could do that, right? And then combine the two, but I think he at least gives them hope. I'm not saying he's, they're going to win. I'm not saying to bet the, the the Titans and the points. I'm just saying he gives them some hope. With Willis back there, they had no hope. He can't throw. He can't operate the offense. And the players know it. The players all know it too. There was a little bit of life in there, and I think he's only going to get better. You know, he's gonna he'll be in the office today. He'll probably get in the facility. You know, he's not going to take time off. He's going to study. And keep working. I thought some of the throws he made, without having been there on the outside of the numbers, was were, were outstanding. Considering that he hasn't had a lot of time to work with those guys, he just immediately stood out. Oh, he's a pro. Now, is he a starter? No, but he's a guy that deserves to be in the league. You could see that on some of the throws, and also some of the uh, courage to stand in the pocket when he was getting drilled. Dobbs showed something there, and you know who else showed something? We've been talking about Vrabel and just what a good coach he is and what he's done with Little. You could tell he's a former player that was dialed up as well as a linebacker because he was into that game last night. It wasn't about preservation, like I said yesterday. He wanted to win that game last night, and he was bitter. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I think his players thought, and they thought, and look, they had a chance. I mean, think about it, Patrick. I mean, there we are. You know, it's 10 to 6 at the half. Think about it. I mean, at 10 mm-hmm. to 6 at the half, they've got a chance to win that thing. You know, now it's hard. They, you know, they, they got to put together some drives and they can't make it. I mean, they have no margin for error. Let's face it. They have, and without the big fellow back there, it's hard to get them going. But I, I would, I would think they're going to have a good plan. And look, I, as I ended my piece with, you know, if they get the four seed and they have to play Baltimore, like I, I know they're the Baltimore Ravens, but we haven't seen Lamar Jackson in almost a month now. He hasn't pra- is he going to play in the is he going to play 2 weeks from now? I don't know. Is he going to be healthy? I don't know. You know, I mean, they haven't announced that he's out this week, but they're just playing possum over there. They know he's not going to play if he hasn't practiced. And so, to me, like what Baltimore's not very good to 
they can't they can't they can stop the run. They haven't been able to stop the pass. They're vulnerable. Every game's going to be a close game. I mean, don't rule it out. Baltimore would have to go into Baltimore has to go going to have to go into Jacksonville or Tennessee one way or the other. Shout to DraftKings because they're the only one on my board right now that has posted a number for Tennessee and Jacksonville. Of course, they're going to be on. playing for the division. Don't don't look. I want you I'm to not. take a stab. What happened? Uh, no, I'm just going to. I was waiting for you to tell me when to take. I'm thinking. Oh no. Okay. So uh, again, all the thoughts Tennessee, I was thinking, Jacksonville. You know, that's what goes on. This I, one, I slow down. <laughs> this one is for the division. First, I'm going to ask you what you think the number is at DraftKings. And then I'm going to ask you, set it over under, and how many times uh, your boy Derrick Henry is going to carry the football. But take a stab at the number. DraftKings has it, uh, Tennessee, Jacksonville. Jacksonville favored by two and a half. Uh, the over under, I'm going to put it at 42. And I would say Derrick Henry over 24 carries. Good one. You're going to be shocked by the number. DraftKings has the Jags lane six. Wow. <laughs> wow well, is right. Wow well, is right. A lot of teases. I see a lot of people teasing that down to a pick em with Jacksonville, yeah. but six, it's a big number. It's a lot of respect for I, the Jags. I didn't want to give up the three, let alone they, they didn't want to give up the seven. So, I mean, right? we saw it. I mean, because it's really either, you know, it's funny. It's either you're either at two and a half or three or you're at six. The four and the five kind of don't make sense, right? You know, it's either going to be a right. touchdown or a field goal. So, uh, I mean, even though it looks like we're far apart, we probably aren't that far apart. But look, I have I, maybe my value is in is in Vrabel with ten days to prepare and healthy Jeffrey Simmons, a healthy you know whomever else they have that they can put out there on the field, and maybe they'll play a little better. And Dobbs, to me. As bad as Willis was, at least he gives them some chances at completing something other than a screen pass. Oh, I agree. That number sitting six with Rabel I'm taking right now, I would lean towards Tennessee. And I'm sorry, what was the number you gave on Henry as far as setting a total on his 24. carries? That's 24. A, that's a great number. Because if you look at what he's done, his last time out on Christmas Eve against Houston, 24 attempts, 126. Uh, prior to that against the Chargers, 21 attempts, 104. Prior to that, 17. This is against the Jags, 17 rushes, 121 yards. He averaged 7.1. So they're going to parlay that 7.1, and they're going to hand him the ball another six or seven times. Yeah. No, and, and he's going to catch whatever. I'll tell you, the other prop I think I would look at on that game is his receiving prop, right? So, I, I mean, he, you know, they're, they're going to throw him the ball. They have to. That's the only chance to make a big play, get him out in space and throw it to him. Specifically against the Jags, he had three receptions. So his last four, I'll give them to you. Henry had two receptions, four receptions, three and two. He is going to be that offense. That is without because he's going to be rested. To get a week off this late in the season for Henry must feel like he just got three weeks off. No doubt. And, and at least now Dobbs, Dobbs makes them have to worry about their coverage a little bit. He can complete a pat. Whereas with Willis, it was all totally. about, hey, look, the quarterback's going to run. Let's make sure we're on him. And if he tries to throw it, we'll take our chances. It won't be anywhere completed. I mean, that's just fact. And like I wrote about, I don't know how you watched Willis this summer and said to yourself, okay, he can be our backup. Like, I don't know how you did that. Like, I don't know. I mean, the, like you said before, like he got benched in series. He didn't get benched between he, – like, he got a hockey line shift. He got – you know, the line move came out there. 
when he got benched in series, as we were discussing before the show, that was Vrabel making a statement. And yeah, maybe it was specifically pointed to the general manager who got let go in season. Speaking of Dobbs and Vrabel, let's hear from the head coach of the Tennessee Titans talking about his quarterback. Eight days or nine days, I think you know, he was excited for this opportunity. You know, get his first start. And, um, you know, I think something that we've always said that, you know, since I've been here, uh, is that it doesn't really matter how you end up here or how you get here. The only thing that matters is what you do when you're here. And we've had a, a lot of guys, you know, take advantage of those opportunities. And, you know, I think Josh wanted to, to try to do, you know, the best that he could. Unfortunately, we lost. And you know, I'm sure we'd like to have the interception back. But, you know, did some good things, just not well enough. I believe the reason you were so impressed with what the Denver Bronco ownership group said about hiring a head coach and talking about a CEO is because of that guy. He had one season as an underwhelming defensive coordinator, but that doesn't matter because that wasn't the position he was made for. He is a leader. He's a CEO. He is, and he kind of gets it, and he holds. You could just see there, he, he's not going to. He's not going to be gushing about a guy who was only there eight days. You know, he was complimentary, reserved, but he, he know. But he's telling him we need better than that. Like, don't don't think that was good enough, right? Like, and so he's going to hold you accountable, and so that's the leader of an organization. You know, he's not going in the game. Well, this is a preseason game, no big deal. No, he wanted to win that game. Yeah, he's a competitive dude. Did you get that vibe from him with the Patriots? Obviously, he was a competitive yeah. player, but I mean, this is yeah, I mean, on the sideline, you know, his demeanor is awesome. And, and, and you know, in the the way he played, he that was a big man on the edge of the defense. Yeah, very big guy. All right, we've got questions at quarterback. By the way, it is Friday. I can't go for that coming up in about 20. Next quarterback questions. Jalen Hurts, Lamar Jackson, what gives? Lombardi line. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM as we welcome you back on a Friday, December 30th. Tomorrow, of course, New Year's Eve. And then on Sunday, we'll head into 2023. You don't think the world's flying by. 2023. That's insane. I'm Patrick Maher. He's Michael Lombardi. We're back. You know, it's fascinating. We can throw the odds up really quick to win the AFC North. The Ravens are sitting 10 and 5, and since he's sitting 11 and 4, but they hold the head to head tiebreak right now, the Ravens over Cincy. Remember, they beat Cincy in week five. So essentially, week 18, when Baltimore goes to Cincinnati, Michael, is going to decide the division. This is huge because it brings us to the point of contention. Lamar Jackson, he missed practice yesterday, he missed practice Wednesday, he's missed 11 straight practices. He's missed the last three games because of that knee. And there's a lot of uncertainty. Not only is he going to play this week, but will he play next week in Cincinnati? Yeah, I mean, look, and, and they've been getting by. I wrote about this, too, in, in my uh, in the look ahead in the column. I mean, you know, the, they've been winning games. I mean, they beat Pittsburgh in a game. I, like, I, the Pittsburgh line to me was is strange because when you go back and watch the Pittsburgh tape, forget the score. You know, and I was on I was on Baltimore in that game, and I think really was fortunate because I think Pittsburgh was the better team that day. You know, but Trubisky had three bad throws. He he played as well as I've ever seen him play in that game until the next week against Carolina, where he played well too. And and you know the, those two interceptions of the red zone, which cost him field goals, ended up costing him the game. 
And they played Marlon Humphrey on the outside, Baltimore did. And he's not an outside corner. He's a slot corner. And Pittsburgh took advantage of him. And Pittsburgh really made it very challenging for him to cover the Pittsburgh receivers. It's going to be fascinating to see how that transposes into this game. Do they keep Humphrey on the outside? Because he can't cover Pickens. He can't cover Johnson. He's a great player. Don't get me wrong. He's a slot corner safety. Some guys play better in the middle of the field. Some guys can't function on the outside. It's a hard game on the outside. So I I really like Pittsburgh going in here because I think Pittsburgh's playing better. Their run defense in the last game was horrendous, right? They were really bad when they played Pittsburgh. When they played Baltimore, they gave up. Uh, you know, they gave up uh, 215 yards on the ground. They only got 94 yards. I mean, here's since he's gotten hurt, Baltimore's thrown for 182, 94, 126, and 115. Can you win like that? I, I don't think you can. The and you've been dubious about this number. Pittsburgh, Baltimore, again, TBD on quarterback. It's not going to be Lamar. Let's be fair. Yeah, I'm Everybody surprised cr- they haven't. I, I don't know why weird, our board right? hasn't. Yeah, it's weird how they haven't. He hasn't practiced. I mean, look, we see how much rust there is in in Deshaun Watson. Like to put Lamar back out there in a really important game against Pittsburgh. To me, doesn't make a lot of sense. Well, you got to put him back out there at some point, right? Okay, I get that, but I wouldn't put him out there until he was completely healthy, or you felt like he could really handle everything. Because I, I don't care what anybody tells me, the Ravens' offense is broken, and without Duvernay out there now, you know they don't really have a skill. That the, their outside receivers, they don't have Bateman. They're down two starting receivers. The kick return game's a problem. Can they make plays in the past? Can this offensive line protect? You know, I think they got lucky. I mean, if you watched the Atlanta game last week, and say you were on Atlanta, you lost, obviously. But Atlanta had more opportunity. They were over for four in the the red zone. You were in that game the whole entire game if you were on the Falcons. You were in that game catching six and a half. I mean, a call here and a call there kind of went against you, you know, which makes those guys in the contest that that hit 70% so remarkable because to get the 70% in the contest like these guys are doing, you you don't get those. They're always on the right side of those calls. If you're on the wrong side of those calls, you don't get that. And I just felt like Atlanta, you know, I didn't think Atlanta could run the ball on Baltimore, and they did. And Ritter wasn't great. No, me. I don't say Ritter was good. I think he's slowly coming along. But Baltimore was for. I think they were really fortunate to win that game and cover oh, that, to boot. I t- totally agree. Closed. I believe the Falcons catching six and a half. Maybe they lost by nine, ten, something like that. But they were in that matchup the whole entire way. Pittsburgh, Baltimore. So the market is headed to Pittsburgh. This number opened on Christmas night at most shops. Baltimore Lane four. A little bit of a hedge with Lamar news, and now we've dipped below the key number of three. And everybody, you can see it on your board. It's one ten juice, so we're not budging off Baltimore laying two and a half hosting Pittsburgh. Yeah, I mean, look, last week against Atlanta, it's a seventeen to nine game. They're zero for four in the red zone, Atlanta. Zero for four in the red zone, and you know, and so in Atlanta against this vaulted Atlanta defense, which you and I both know is Wolf, right? They only mustered 299 yards. I mean, you know, they, they had 115 yards passing against them. Think about that. Like, now they're going to play Pittsburgh, and I'm not saying Kenny Pickett's going to light them up, but Pittsburgh's playing the best football of the season right now. Correct. Yeah, I was on the Falcons. <laughs> I was so bitter. I watched that whole game. It was a disgusting game. Remember, the weather was terrible. Neither team playing well. Ritter looked bad, and I'm like, 
I'm in this. Like I'm legitimately yeah. in this with the Falcons. Pittsburgh's playing much better than Atlanta right now, and that's why the market's headed towards Pittsburgh, dip them below the three. You know, there are bigger... I, I saw a quote from Greg Roman who said, as far as Lamar, we have to let Mother Nature take its course. That's kind of vague. I, I think there's a lot of elements to Lamar Jackson playing and not playing. Of course, the contract status looms. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and look, you know, last year it's the same thing. I mean, you know, are you gonna are you going out there, and when there's so much financially at stake? I mean, it's a concern. I mean, we see it, we saw it with, uh, you know, we saw it with Derek Carr. I mean, not only is Derek Carr not on the Raider team, he's staying home because there's so much at risk. Forty million dollars is at risk, and so he's going to stay home. Lamar last year, I mean, you know, that playoff year, you know, I know he made the Pro Bowl and all that. His numbers weren't great, but he missed four games last year too. I mean, Lamar has uh, – now, in 19 and 20, he didn't play 16 because they kept him out of a game. But he is, you know, the last two years, he's going to end up missing at least nine games. I don't, I don't see if he plays this year. To me, he's not trending towards playing, right? Here's the th- – no. No, there is no, there's not, there's no sign. Again, he hasn't practiced, so there's no sign that he is going to be playing. So TBD on our board is interesting. But you know, hosting a playoff game if you're Baltimore again, since he's eleven and four, and Baltimore's ten and five, but Baltimore beat Cincy in week five, so they already hold that tie break. It, even if they both win this weekend, even if Cincy beats Buffalo, they go into week eight, eighteen for the division uh, it, there in Cincinnati. So Baltimore in a really weird spot. Like, okay, this week. We can go with Huntley. But then if you're Baltimore and that head coaching staff, you're like, hey, Lamar, are you good? Because we're going to Cincy with a chance to win this division. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if Cincy, lose, so if Cincy loses, so this game really doesn't mean anything for the North. Because if Cincy loses, that would be tied with Baltimore. Correct. And then, and then we go the into game, Week 18 with... And then it go into Week 18. That's right. And they already hold the tiebreak, that being Baltimore over Cincy. You don't. The reason I brought that up, that scenario up, is because since he's been playing so well, it. I was under the impression until I peaked today, they must be running away. They're not running away with the division. It's t- it's, no. it's going to come down. Baltimore's to won so many close games. I mean, look, you know, when you go break them down, they've won so many. I mean, they beat. I mean, they beat Denver ten to nine. Think about that. I mean, you know, they 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 struggle to beat Carolina. You know, Carolina came in there. It was thirteen to three. They 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 lose to Jacksonville late in the game. You know, they beat Pittsburgh sixteen fourteen. They get you know even the Cleveland game to me was a game on you know on 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 Christmas Eve that I thought they could have won that game and they're down. They had every chance to win that game and they lost by ten. Like they're, they, go- they haven't scored any points, Patrick. I mean, they scored 27 oh, against Jacksonville, but since the bye week, it's 13-10, 16-3, 17. They don't score points. How are they going to beat? How are they going to beat Cincinnati? You're not holding Cincinnati down to 18, 17 points. But this goes back to again what you preach on Daily Coach and what you talked about with Penner, the new owner of the Broncos, when they dipped into the special teams. Remember, Harbaugh was special teams coach with the Eagles when they hired him. He's done a hell of a job, and you're talking about those close wins. Without scoring points and winning all these games, some of it has to do with the organization and the coaching. I mean, he's done a hell yeah, of a no job doubt. this year. I mean, since they lost to the Giants, which was a close game, right? They, they were 3-3. Three and three, They lose to the Giants. I mean, they've won six, and, and, and they're 6-2 and two over the last eight weeks. And, and two of their losses, they were in the game until the end they could have easily won. So, 
you know, I mean, I mean, the Cleveland game, Tucker misses two field goals. Think about, I mean, when when has that ever happened? Yep. Yeah, he's but then they've been job. fortunate they... on the other side too, right? They beat Denver ten to nine in that game. You know, the they they beat Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh throws two inter- red zone interceptions. Atlanta's zero for four in the red zone. And we've we've focused on Minnesota this year with those close wins. You take a look at Baltimore. It's a good point by you. They've won a lot of close games, lost a couple of close games as well, and dealt with a ton of injuries on defense. This is yeah. an impressive, I this mean, is an impre- ball- impressive record at ten and five. I mean, Baltimore's Baltimore's three and zero in favor against Pittsburgh in the last time. Pittsburgh throws for two sixty four, moves the ball down the field, and they win that game. Gets twenty five first downs, and they win the game because they didn't commit a turnover. Yeah, fascinating. The North could come down to Week 18 in Cincinnati. Will Lamar play? That is interesting. When we come back, we love it. Hall and Oates, I can't go for that, is next here at Lombardi Line. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. You ever get that feeling like the concrete jungles closing in? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to chase your own dinner, or just breathe clean air. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there waiting, and finding your piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, price, location. They've got it all. No matter what kind of wild dream you're chasing, land.com can help you find the ground to make it a reality. So quit dreaming. Head over to land.com, find your open space, and get out there. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, attention, BetMGM customers. If you have a friend who loves sports as much as you do, well, here's a chance for both of you to earn $50 in bonuses when you sign up through BetMGM's Refer a Friend program. Just sign into your BetMGM account and click on the Refer a Friend program to send your friend a message. So you're going to send them a message. They accept it, register their account. They get 50 bucks, you get 50 bucks. It's that simple. It's a great deal. It's refer a friend over at BetMGM. You got to be 21 years or older, 1 800 Gambler, if you have an issue. Okay. We welcome you back. Coming up in about 14 minutes, Vinny Maliulo, the Hall of Famer from behind the sports book there at South Point, is going to join us. He's Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It's time to get into, and we love that it's back, Hall and Oates. I can't go for that. Again, when you're handicapping, new handicappers, don't stretch yourself too thin and just attack every single game. You're going to overwhelm yourself. What Michael does is he 
looks at a number, immediately throws it away and starts focusing on those numbers that intrigue him. So we call it the Hall and Oates, I can't go for that, play. And this week, the Chiefs, lane 12 and a half, hosting the Broncos, Michael. Well, I mean, this is a double-edged sword, right? So we let's take Denver and start off there. You know, obviously we know Nathaniel Hackett has been fired, and that's not going to change anything. He wasn't calling the plays. And, you know, all of a sudden accountability and discipline isn't going to etch into the building automatically. And when you go back and their opponent, the Chiefs, have played really well, but we know that they're not one of the best teams in the fourth quarter, or do they finish strongly? So unpredictability with Denver. Right, the national televised game, a chance to show America you're not as bad as you really are, and you lay a huge egg and make Baker Mayfield look like the second coming of Joe Montana. And then, you know, and now you got the Chiefs who built a twenty seven to nothing lead when you played this Bronco team in Denver, but let Denver come back in the game and don't cover. So for me, it, it it's a little bit of both who do you trust in this game? A team like Kansas City that has a hard time really being able to beat the spread, you know, I mean, you know, the Chiefs are 4-10-1 and one against the spread this year, right? The Broncos are 6-9, and nine. all right? So, you, you know, you got that going for you. So you take the Broncos. The Broncos are 0-7 against the spread. I mean, they're 0-7 on the road. They're 2-6 and six as an underdog. And there's and Denver, and, you know, when you look at Kansas City, they've, other than the Buffalo game, they're undefeated at home. So I, I think to me – it just has so much uncertainty for it. It's just so hard to kind of get a handicap on it because I don't trust either side. I, I mean, do I think the Chiefs will win if I were playing – if I had the Chiefs in Survivor, automatically I would play them, right? There's no doubt they're going to win the game. Do they cover by 12-and-a-half, 13? I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think they'll have a 14-point lead at some point in the game, Patrick. But do I trust them to let the, let the foot off the gas? I mean, last week they did. Last week they didn't. I thought it was more of Seattle not really executing than it was Kansas City keeping the gas on. Totally, totally agree. Twelve and a half. That's a Hall and Oates play. Uh, I can't go for that. No, no, no can do. No can do. As you take a look, Kansas City. I mean, again, you mentioned they just don't cover. It's been fascinating how I don't know if you call it complacency where they take their foot off the gas. I don't know what you attribute that to, but they just have struggled to cover. Yeah, I mean, they just don't, right? So, you know, and then, you know, when you see this and you know that, look, that they were down 27 to nothing and Mahomes was doing anything he wanted to do. And then they, they turned it over. I mean, of course, Russell turned it over too. But how much motivation? I mean, when you fire the coach, I mean, everybody knew he was going to get fired. When you fire the coach, you kind of have a sense that, you know, okay, but now that it's official and everybody's focused on who's going to be the next coach, all the coaches are focused on, I'm out of my job. Because the way that owner described who's coming in, that person coming in is going to control everybody's future. Like, it's not going to be – so people understand this. So when George Payton was running the team and he was running the search, if he liked a coach on the staff, right, say he liked a coach on the staff, he would say to, the, to Nathaniel Hackett, hey – Keep this. I want to keep this coach. He's really good. Uh, you'll learn to like him. And so to get the job, the coach says, "Sure, I'll keep him. You know, I'll keep more. I'll keep this coach, right?" And so the, the, there's more. Uh, you're, there's protection within the staff. The way Penner described the job, nobody's protected, including Peyton. I mean, some if if somebody comes in and says, "I really don't want George here," 
as much as Peyton was, as much as Penner was talking about keeping George, he will be disposable. He, he's a, he's an asset that'll be gone. So this is, and then when you add that to the mix, everybody's uncertainty as they get ready for a game plan, get ready for this. It's hard, and it's hard to predict how people react. And so for me, it just makes it easier to say walk away. Like, okay, it would be easier to the other game you could consider this Atlanta, Atlanta, Arizona, Atlanta playing home. You know, Arizona, you know, they played their hearts out last week. With, with To me, they took Tampa Bay to overtime with Trace McSorley, a quarterback. I mean, that, that, that was a remarkable achievement. I mean, I said this to somebody in the league who was on Baltimore, who was, excuse me, who was around McSorley. You know, I, I didn't think McSorley will give you a great look on scout team. Forget about being a starting quarterback in the NFL, right? Yeah, yeah. And he took Tampa to overtime. So Arizona's trying. So I, I this game like Arizona Atlanta, I didn't think it was a Hall and Oates play because I felt like even though we know we know he's going to get fired, uh, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, he does get Colt McCoy back, and this is a really bad Atlanta defense. Whether they play home or on the road, they'll score some points. Now they might not be able to stop the run, but JJ Watt's going to want to play his best at the end of his career. So I kept that out of the Hall and Oates play. Yeah, no, it's well, well said. And Samich was on yesterday and gave out because of the McCoy angle, Arizona catching four. You take a look at your board. I think we got a stale number there with MGM showing four because I'm looking right now. Everybody's down to Atlanta lane just three. So yeah. yesterday you could have got a three and a half four with Arizona. Today it's Atlanta lane three. So that's a key distinction. Yeah, I mean, and and you know, and and that means that people, you know, I don't think so. To me, that's why I didn't put that as a Hall and Oates play. And and so when there's two teams you can't – to me, the only way it qualifies is when there's two teams you can't predict. Like, what are the Colts going to do with Foles, right? I mean, Foles looked like he was scared to death to get hit last week. He was getting rid of the ball like you couldn't believe. And now he's going to go face the Giants and they're going to blitz him and do all that. How are they going to function? Do you think they're going to play as hard as they could for Saturday in the park? I don't know, but I know the Giants will play hard. So that you can't put them in the Hall and Oates category. And Giants win, they're in the postseason. So if they beat Indy this weekend, they're in the postseason. And, of course, uh, you've got a number there. Let me go ahead and find it, Michael. You've got a number with the Giants lane. What are they laying? Just five and a half at five home. Five and a half. Posting. Yeah, and that, like you said, Saturday is rearranging the chairs on the deck of the Titanic, just trying to do salvage anything. But Foles certainly looked completely lost and shook. Uh, in his first start. From the first play. I mean, you know, and they're trying to get the ball to the tight end 80, who they think can be a really great player, but they overdo it. The team knows it. I mean, the first interception, you know, Foles thought 80 was going to bend it to the post, and he took it up the field, interception. But there's nothing. And now follow the rule. Bad offensive lines don't travel. This Colt line is bad. Not that the Giants' defensive front's bad, but the left tackle will have a hard time blocking Thibodeau. And Foles doesn't get out of the way as well. So there's there and they're Indianapolis is prone to turn the ball over. So look, the Giants are not good enough to be favored by five and a half against anybody. But the because all their games are three points one way or the other, no matter who they play. So I don't know if I would take the Giants in, in, in or today in Russo when I get to to meet the the, the great prognosticator on <laughs> Mad Dog Radio. But I, I I got the sense that you know I mean. It's, it's certainly something to consider because there, there's so much at stake. I, I think that's another mistake we make this weekend 
we assume that the teams that have so much at stake will play absolutely great, and the teams that don't have anything at stake won't play as well, and so that means the team with much at stake covers. I don't know if that's right logic. Well, here one thing I will say, again, betters play numbers, not teams. Yesterday, the Giants were laying six. The betters liked the number with the Colts, so they took that key number of six, and it's down to five and a half. I, again, yeah. that would be a stay away because are you backing Nick Foles and that team in Indianapolis, even if it's just they're catching five and a half? I'm not backing that team. I, I'm I can't. I mean, I went down the Colt. I went down there last week. I made two mistakes last week, and I wrote about it today. And it's the same mistake the Tennessee Titans made with Willis. You cannot assume. You cannot assume something. I assumed the Broncos would play their highest level because they're on national television. Bad assumption. I assumed Indianapolis would play really well on national television to at least give Saturday to stay within three. To stay with, I think it was four. Four. I had it at four and a half. It got down to three. And there were a lot of people with me on the Colts mm-hmm. last week. Got down. Poor me and Matty Humans. I mean, we got the best number at four and a half, and we and we're left there with empty-handed. Hundred percent. I think they say there, there's an adage about us making assumptions, isn't there? Yeah, it, it is. That is. But yeah. it, 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 when you do it in betting, it really kills you. It, it really does. So again, they took the six yesterday with the Colts, and now pretty much everywhere you've got the Giants laying five and a half. The Giants win. They're in. Next, the Hall of Famer, Vinny Maliulo from Behind the Book. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community and of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand, it's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless. You ever get the feeling the city walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating your soul? You crave wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe chase some elk, fish a private stream. Well, listen up. There's a whole world out there, and finding your own piece of it just got easier. Head over to land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, you name it. Search by acreage, location, the kind of hunting or fishing you dream of. Land.com. It's where the adventure begins.